Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. This episode's airing on Thanksgiving weekend when a lot of people are starting to do their Christmas shopping. In addition to listening to this wonderful podcast, they may also be listening to Christmas music on the radio. So I thought it would be fun to ask my dear friend Dave Eddy to join me once again to talk about some holiday memories that he had from his years working with WBCK Radio. Now, Dave Eddy was known as the morning mayor on WBCK for over four decades in Battle Creek, Michigan. Also, Dave is part of the Battle Creek Regional History Museum's upcoming program on December 16th, which we're holding, and it's called Tales of Christmas Pass. So this year features old stories and poems from over 100 years ago. So Dave is again part of the cast along with myself and and a few others uh, to do this special program. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about that as well. So welcome back to the program, Dave. Thank you for taking time to join me to record today. Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Michael. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know as I have an awful lot to talk about as far as uh, the holidays are concerned. Mm-hmm. It was just another day when you're in radio. Right. You know, Christmas is another just another day. Thanksgiving is just another day. You're working. Mm-hmm. Um, then rushing home to try to recapture as much as you can of the day with the family. Right. So... Well, for the audience that maybe didn't hear the earlier uh, interviews I've done with you on the show, could you give them a little back history about yourself and how you came to work at WBCK Radio and kind of an overview of their, your years? How did you become the morning show host for so many? Uh, how did you get well, into that position? You know, I, we, I think we did cover a lot of this on an earlier podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, perhaps uh, just as a refresher... I was born and raised in Albion, which isn't that far away, so never got that far away from home, really. But immediately out of high school, I um, had an interest. I had a friend or two that worked at the radio station there. Right. kind of fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was WALM. They're no longer on the air. But um, right out of high school, I just started hanging around at the radio station and just kind of recorded a few tapes one night, and the manager of the station heard them, uh, hired me as a salesperson. Can you imagine a snotty-nosed <laughs> kid just out of high school <laughs> yeah. going out on the streets trying to sell advertising, not knowing yeah. anything about the business or anything? All right. But he did hear those tapes uh, one that I recorded one night after the station was off the air. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he said, you know, we, we ought to work you into maybe doing an air shift, doing uh, breaks between Detroit Tiger baseball or whatever. All right. So it all started there back uh, just uh, about a week out of high school and uh, got some further air time doing what they called pop shop from four until five every afternoon. Mm-hmm. Played all of the popular music and took requests from all of the kids. And that uh, turned out to be so popular that they decided to go on the road with it. So um, went to Marshall every afternoon between 4 and 5 o'clock from a couple of locations there playing records. And wow. all of the Marshall High School kids would come in there and say, I want you. They'd write down, write down the request, you know, right. to, um, to Billy from... 
from Holly and all of this other stuff. We want to hear Paul Anka with so and so and so and so. Wow. So that's that's really where I started on the air. Uh, what GC Murphy Company downtown Marshall. Mm-hmm. Many folks will remember that. Kids would just absolutely flock in there yeah. uh, after school and hang around and listen to the music. And really, by the time I finished reading the request, there wasn't too much time for music. Maybe right. in that four to five o'clock hour, we'd play four records. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. It seemed like it was forever. But then they started uh, started me doing a morning program in, in Marshall. That worked into doing luncheon at Schuler's, mm-hmm. which was uh, 45 minutes of organ music from the Centennial Room of Wynn Schuler's famous Centennial Room wow. at Schuler's. <laughs> and uh, the music of Gay Potter, he played the organ live. Oh, okay. So so that that's really where it all started. Then I started doing DJ dances. Um, uh, and then um, I became a person. Or a mm. personality, I guess. Yeah, they started knowing your days. name. Yep. Wow. And then from there, I, I worked at uh, WALM for four and a half years and had a call from WBCK in 1960. said, come on over and do an interview or do a, a, a interview for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, see what see what you can do. Mm-hmm. And they hired me, wow. believe it or not. And I was there for 48 years. Wow. Wow. Uh, I yet don't. I really don't know what I want to do yet with my life. But uh, <laughs> when you that grow was a pretty up, you want pretty, pretty good chunk of it, Michael. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I know. I you know, radio was such a cult following when it was the main form of entertainment. I mean, I, yeah, there was always television there in the '60s and '70s, but it was it was still like I remember even in high school in the '80s that. The radio stations, even where I grew up, would get a. They would draw a crowd. I mean, if they did a live broadcast from somewhere, you know, three hundred people would show up. And you know, oh, I lived, yeah. I lived in a big city, and it was like, you know, I can, I can imagine that you were. They were doing the right thing, you know. They were marketing to the young people, which were really into the radio. Sure. And the right audience for you, you know. Well, they put me on the air at BCK. Um, I started doing reading a little capsule report of the news for all of the service clubs uh-huh. and got, and that's Michael in those days, the Rotary Club, Kiwanis Club, the Exchange Club, all of those were big clubs. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they every one of them had maybe 130 to 150 members. Right. And 80% would show up at the noon meetings. So I got yeah. to know, I would go there and read a little capsule report of the news, got uh-huh. to know just hundreds of people that way there was a lot more service clubs back then too there was independent order of the odd fellows or something like that well i for for instance i did on monday these we all met at the hart hotel at that time Mm -hmm. the old hart hotel which has sat abandoned for some time now okay hopefully that will be renovated at some point in time but um on mondays i met with a rotary club oh okay and then on tuesday it was the Lions Club. Wednesday mm. was the Exchange Club. Thursday was the Kiwanis Club. Right. I knew on Monday what I was going to have for lunch on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Free lunches probably everywhere you went. They huh? were. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> wow. And that, um, that, that led to 
a lot of MC, hundreds and hundreds of MC jobs, all kinds of that. Wow. But uh, always a lot of fun. So during your many years on the radio, I would venture to guess you saw a lot of different Christmas advertising campaigns. Were there any campaigns that maybe stuck out to you that you look back on that were something that maybe you remembered more above the others? Well, you know what I, (laughs) and I'll get to that, but one thing that I do remember very vividly Uh was the fact it wasn't long after the Columbia Plaza on 20th Street opened up. Okay. And that's been quite a while ago now, but uh, we did a remote radio broadcast out there. That, that means, of course, you're doing a live broadcast. And uh-huh. It was the arrival of Santa Claus. Ooh. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, everything went along fine, and they had, they're just a huge crowd in the parking lot, as you said. You know, people really came out for things like that. Right. And this was the beginning of the Christmas season, and the, the mall, the Columbia Plaza, was really filled with all kinds of businesses then. Uh-huh. And so here comes Santa Claus. And he did his thing for a little bit of time, uh, giving little gifts to the kids and so on. Mm-hmm. But then I went, took the microphone over to interview him. Oh. And he was drunk as a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Drunk Santa, I, huh? Oh, yeah. Here was Santa Claus in his uh, white beard and his, mm-hmm. his red suit. And he was kind of tippy, and he was talking, you know, like this. And he wow. was, oh, my gosh. And I, I, I never, you know, people who listen to that said, what's going on with that Santa Claus you interviewed? You know? <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you and his, uh, as the host are trying to interview this guy, and it's just, you're trying well, to contain it. It's very obvious, you know, <laughs> yeah. that he had, <laughs> he had been into the grape squeezing such <laughs> But wow. of all of the Christmas memories, uh, that one stands out. And one that I told you about before was when I was still at WALM, mm-hmm. they did a live, I did a live broadcast from the, you know, the two big mansions, if you're familiar, a lot of folks in the mm-hmm. area will, will know Marshall. the two big mansions there on Kalamazoo Avenue right. on the north side of Marshall. Carol Brooks lived in the one and his brother Lou uh, had the other mansion. Mm-hmm. But at, at this time, uh, Mickey Finn, who owned uh, Michigan, not Michigan Carton, but one of those Carton companies, big, big business, they, um, the salesman at WALM, Art Goodwin, had, uh, had sold them a Christmas program. Right. And I was, they were going to play music throughout the evening hours on Christmas Eve. And uh, then they had people in. Wynn Schuler was there. Harold Brooks was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, all the movers and shakers in Marshall were there. Right. And here I am probably a, a, maybe a year and a half out of high school and scared to death. <laughs> but we did a live broadcast, had a, a telephone line installed into the, I think they call it, st- I, I don't recall, Stone Stonewall or some, some mm. is the name of the, the mansion. Okay. And, um, and of course, uh, Nikki Finn was known to tip one or two. Mm-hmm. But as the evening went on, uh, they served more and more of the juice, mm-hmm. and it was an interesting evening, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> evening. And that was my first 
my first Christmas really away from being with family. Wow. You know, all during my growing up years, we always had Christmas Eve at our house in Albion. But I got this job at WALM, and they wanted me to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody else wanted to do it probably on Christmas Eve. So they right. hey, Dave, we got a job for you, Christmas wow. Eve. Wow. So those are those are two, Michael, that kind of kind of stood out for me. Well, you know, and the questions I've always had about the the life of somebody who has to be on the radio every day, because um, I kind of have a, a, a taste for it, doing a podcast and doing interviews and all the the little nuances of putting it together. But I can't imagine doing this every day where you had to show. And get on a show, and I would have, you know, was all was there a lot of remote broadcast during the holidays that that pulled you out of the station, or was there a lot in uh, the station as well? No, not not necessarily, but you had to be there because uh-huh. this was this was in a time when taping was just coming into its own. Okay, so you really had to be there to to spin the records, and you didn't pre-record a lot of programs like it's done now mm-hmm. and uh so you had to be there and as in the case with uh, the stations i was at they had to have an engineer on duty all the time wow. because they had directional signals and you had to have a, a person with a first phone they called it first phone fcc license to be there mm-hmm. so somebody had to be there wow and of course well Low man on the totem pole. Yeah, got the job. <laughs> so I missed I missed a lot of holidays with with my kids. I'll tell right. you. Well, let's, uh, there was um, some events that I've seen people always reference, and maybe we can venture there a little bit. That like the the blizzard of nineteen seventy eight. You would have been on the air at WBCK. Yes. Do you remember that that whole incident? I mean, did well, you? You know, right now there were about three blizzards and i've forgotten the year i think maybe one was 67 one might have been 77 right and i lived at wall lake which is about uh, 20 25 miles from battle creek at the time wow wow i lived there for a number of years and i bought a a used jeep pickup truck Mm -hmm. and that got me back and forth and i'll tell you every morning i would have to leave the house because it was about a 25-mile drive into, into Battle Creek, mm-hmm. I, um, I blazed the trail. Wow. I really blazed the trail. And the one, the big one that I think you're talking about, and I don't recall the year, yeah. uh, but it was, um, I didn't think that, uh, and my son Don uh, came in with me because we knew there would be no school because mm-hmm. it was just really, what a, what a massive snowstorm that was. Mm-hmm. And we got to the top of one of the hills there, on Piper Road on the way in, and Don, I said, I don't think, I don't think we're going to make it. Huh. And he said, well, let me get down and look down at the bottom of the hill, see what's down there, you know. Mm-hmm. So he got out of the car and fought his way a little ways down. He came back. He said, Dad, I, I think you can do it. I think you can do it. Wow. So we just uh, threw the old uh, accelerator down, and uh, away we went, and we did get in, and we were in there for I think four days. We never got back home again. We uh, slept people, you know, the ones that did get in, the staff people, there were a few that lived close by, and they did get in and slept on uh, on the table, big tables that we had at the radio station. Wow. And uh, people would 
bring in some food for us on snowmobiles. And we actually uh, co collaborated with the Battle Creek Enquirer. And mm -hmm. uh, we kept this community informed. Wow. With the, with the network of contacts that the Enquirer had at that time. Right. And with what we had at the radio station, uh, we actually had the, Dan Martin was the publisher at that time, and he actually went on the air with us. And of course, we were really tough competitors at the time, but we did mm -hmm. work together on a wow. couple of those blizzards and kept the community informed. Wow. And that was the only way that you could keep informed. I mean, television wasn't that local, mm -hmm. you know, in those days. Yeah. So the people, the lifeline... The lifeline of the community was through radio. Wow. So it um, So you would do a combination of just updating people on whatever was coming from the weather service and other oh, supply right. chains. From the weather and, service. Uh, we had all kinds of public uh, service announcements as to where things might be available if they needed it. Mm -hmm. uh, emergency services, um, if you needed, call so-and-so. And that was way before the huge communication links that we have now. Right, yeah. I mean, things have changed an awful lot in yeah. communications over the past 20, 25, 30 years, as you mm. know. Yeah, I, mean, I I believe that must have been the year 1978, because I've always seen people reference the blizzard of 1978 as the big one that, uh, well, that they, happened they and were, shut down. I'll tell you, it, uh, it was scary. Mm-hmm. It was scary. People just, they don't realize it. We finally, after a couple of days, so I had a friend that lived about a block and a half away from the radio station. Yeah. And we, uh, they, they decided they'd invite some of the staff people to come out over to the house, you know, for a shower or whatever you needed after two or three days at the radio station. And right. We tried to, um, several of us fought our way across the fields and that's, that, that's on the south side of Battle Creek, those right. of you who are familiar with it, on Golden Avenue. Now, I'll tell you, the snow was up to your neck in many places. <laughs> wow. And, you know, have you ever tried to fight through snow that deep? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's I've, a challenge. <laughs> I've had challenges waist deep when I've, you know, in real estate, having to go out and look at houses for a appraisal work or whatever and nothing's plowed it's out in the rural area and and it's exhausting i mean just getting you oh. know i had to go 100 yards in basically just up to my chest in snow one year and i finally got to the house but it was you know it wasn't that long long of a distance but man and you can imagine being <laughs> over your head that that's a, i mean it's like you just have to dig your way or something it's a know? challenge yeah you know another memory michael would be uh, WBCK had an annual holiday sing-along, oh. and this was very, very popular. Okay. Uh, normally, let's see, we had it, um, normally it took place at McCamley Place, which mm -hmm. is no longer there. It's been replaced and is being replaced as we speak right. downtown, adjacent to the, the hotel. But we would have it there. And we had that for a number of years. I have a program that I'm looking at right now from the 13th annual holiday sing-along, right. which was Monday, December 5th, 1994. 
Hmm. And it was in the main stage at um, McCambly Place. We had, I was along with Tom McHale, we were the MCs. Uh, Mary Jo Campbell was the accompanist. And we had the Serial City Christmas Chorus, and we had the Battle Creek Sweet Adeline Chorus. And it was broadcast live on WBCK AM 930. Mm-hmm. And we had programs printed up with the words to all the traditional songs. Joy oh. to the World, the First Noel, Silent Night. And I'll tell you, and we had it at the, at the Kellogg Arena as well a couple of times. Okay. And uh, very, very well attended. And, and so there would be uh, like a, a choir type? singing or carol singers online? Yeah, along with the choruses from the barbershoppers. And then we'd have everybody else kind of join in with Mm -hmm. some of the uh, singing. Um, Very, very, very popular. Really, it's it's a shame that traditions like that have kind of fallen away. Well, I'd, I'd love to see carol singing become popular again. I mean, I remember times when I would be with family and we'd say, hey, let's go out and do some carol singing. And every so yeah. many years we would do it. And it was always such a, a wonderful experience because you surprise people. You know, um, I did it when I grew up in Phoenix one year and we just took a bunch of us, a friend of us, a friend that we had with us played guitar. So we all just went out and sang and it was uh, sure. a, a wonderful Christmas memory. And I did it once in Georgia. I don't think I've ever done it here in Michigan. Um, but, you know, it's just nice. You show up as surprise at somebody's house and, um, you know. Well, people love it. And, and oftentimes they'll invite you in and you get, you know, some great food and snacks and get, that, some, get right. to know some and your have... neighbors that you've never seen before, you know. <laughs> I, and, it, it's very popular. In fact, uh, we got a note in our neighborhood here uh, that uh, they're going to do that again. And I think it's in the first week of uh, December. And... They invite everybody to join them, and they go to various houses around, and then they stop at uh, Dr. Golonsky's uh, house. Yeah. He seemed he and his wife seem to kind of head this up, and then go over and have a little hot toddy or or hot cider or whatever you know. Well, we'll have to it go really, do that. Bring, call, text me or something, and we'll go out and and have a good time one evening, and just uh, make sure, sure we call a cab sure. when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully it's well, not we don't a have ca- We don't have cabs in Battle Creek anymore. I know. It's all these Lyft drivers <laughs> and whatnot. I mean, we, gosh. We, somehow or other, we would, we'd make it. So yeah. <laughs> we'd hopefully, get somebody to take it. Hopefully we don't get a, a waist-deep snow or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> so when you would have guest interviews on during the holidays, I would imagine, like you did year-round, did you ever have like a holiday guest over those years that you just – couldn't wait for them to get off the air. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, probably more than I remember because I I tend to try to forget things like that. Yeah. But I re- I remember one that uh, and you've probably maybe experienced this. You'd ask this guest a question, uh-huh. and they would give you a one word answer. Usually yes or no. Right, exactly. Well, you know, those those are the type of people that you never want to invite back. Yeah, yeah, it's just brutal, yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And I, I remember one in particular that just everybody after that 
would always refer back, well, are you going to have so-and-so back on the air again? I said, <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Well, I heard your interview, and I know you were struggling with him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. I've, I've had that experience in interviewing people before, and um, it's just oh. something you have to learn the art and skill of pulling out information from, and you get well, better at well, it as you this, do it. But, this particular individual, yeah. he would... He would oppose pulling anything. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, that can be very difficult. And uh, oh. but now on the flip side of that, you probably had some guests that you really enjoyed having on. Well, let's talk about some of them for a minute. Did you? Do you have any recall oh. of uh, like any Christmas holiday season guests that you just wish you'd had them on every day? Well, first off, let me just—I have a list here of some of the people that I interviewed. Oh, there we go. There we go. So let me just read through the, a few of these. I mean, it would take this whole podcast, you know, <laughs> to, for me to, to I mean, you know, 48 years of interviewing people. Yeah. You talk to a lot of people. Yeah. But uh, one that I remember was Ann Jillian, and a lot of people would not remember her. I but remember she was that very name. popular a number of years ago. But Ann Jillian. Uh, Pat Paulson. Mm-hmm. You remember Pat Paulson? He ran for president. As a matter of fact, he was a comedian. Okay. And kind of a traditional, uh, traditionalist as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, running, running for president. Yep. Uh, Glenn Campbell was another one. Wow. Very interesting guy. Roger Williams, the pianist. Oh, okay. You know, he, uh, interesting, interesting guy to talk to. The one that really stands out the most, though, Michael, is, is Richard. Simmons. Oh, yes. He was big in the, gosh, in the 80s and oh, 90s, man. I bet gosh, that was like... He, just, he came into the studio and he just wouldn't quit. <laughs> I mean, he just wouldn't. He took over everything. It's kind of like and, interviewing Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. He's everywhere, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> but that, that one really stands out. Yeah. Um, Doc Severinsen, uh, Myron Florin, Gosh, Red Skelton had a wonderful. Uh, now you've got deal. a good Red Skelton story because you were good friends with him. We should well, share some of those. Uh, this has got to be hilarious for anybody well, who knows how big Red Skelton was. I mean, Red Skelton was a very big comedian nationwide, and he, he what was beautiful about him, and and I saw him in an interview. He said. He did an entire hour-long show one time, and then he did an interview afterwards. And he said, you know, it's just amazing that you can do a show. And I didn't say one curse word, but everybody was laughing. You know, he was such clean comedy and such a wonderful man, you know. and He he really was. Um, Yeah, that's a very special, very special um, interview. Al Bobrovsky was the mayor of Battle Creek mm-hmm. back when he came into town, when Red came into town to uh, do a show. Right. And they gave Al, and Al's a good friend of mm-hmm. mine, and uh, he said, Dave, he says, I've been given the task to go over and pick up Red Skelton at the Kalamazoo Airport. Would you like to go with me? Mm-hmm. I said, well, of course I would, you know. <laughs> so... Somehow or other, they arranged to have this limousine, long, long limousine. So here's the the guy, the limousine driver was, you know, seemed like a block away from us. Mm-hmm. And here's Al and myself in the back back seat, went to Kalamazoo, picked, picked up um, 
Red Skelton, as he comes through the little gate there, you know, and didn't even recognize him. He had an, an old, old overcoat, you know, and a slouchy mm-hmm. hat and a cane. And as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I think he was in a wheelchair when he they wheeled him off the plane. Really? Okay. So we got uh, finally got his baggage, and all of it didn't arrive, of course, on time. Mm-hmm. But we got him uh, into the car, into the limousine, and headed for Battle Creek. He was staying at the, what was then the Stover Hotel. Mm-hmm. And Al and I uh, talked to him on the way over. And one of the one of the things that uh, really stuck with me is the fact that he he tried a couple of jokes on us. He said, "Hey guys," he says, "I got a couple of jokes I want to try out." Well, they're probably jokes that he'd used either in radio or TV or mm-hmm. movies or whatever, you know. Right. But he tried them on us anyway, and they were funny. But he said one thing. He said to us that really stuck with me, and he said, "I have made more money." All this time I've been in show business, I've made mm-hmm. more money on my clown pictures than I have ever made in movies or TV or radio. I thought wow. that was an interesting statement. He, wow. he drew, he was very famous for drawing clown pictures. Wow. But, but but we lead up to the story, which is really hilarious, I think. We got him into the hotel room, got him in there, what baggage he did have that came with him, mm-hmm. got him settled in his room, he had... A little, uh, you know, this he would put on a, on the bookcase and something over here and here and here. Mm-hmm. And I had a presentation that I made for him from the Shrine organization of which he was a member. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to present that to him, so I did. And uh, he said, guys, he said, uh, how would you like to join me for breakfast in the morning? Mm-hmm. Well, sure, we'd love to have breakfast with Red Skelton, you know. No, who wouldn't? So I mean, he said, well, be... make some arrangements. So I called the local Bob Evans mm-hmm. out here on the Beckley Road okay. and said, uh, we would like to make reservations for four. Um, well, it was Al and Ann Bobrovsky, my wife, Sue, and myself, and him, so be five, mm-hmm. and made the reservations and uh, we picked him up the next morning and got him out to Bob Evans. He's wearing this, again, this old beat-up hat, mm-hmm. slouchy uh, overcoat, you know, trench coat. Mm-hmm. Walked in, and he says, now, I don't want n- nothing special at all. But, of course, the first thing we walk in, he goes up to the counter and shakes hands with everybody at the counter, right. even though he didn't want any, any, right. didn't want any special didn't. attention. <laughs> so we went... We sat down and had some breakfast, and I noticed a couple was getting ready to leave down several several tables ahead of us. Right. And I, I said, oh, I'll bet you, I'll bet you they know, they recognize. So this guy gets up, and he puts the tip down on the table, and they go to leave, and they have to come past our table. And here's Red Skelton sitting there, all slouched slouch down, you know, and everything. <laughs> and this guy comes up and he says, hey, he says, you're Dave Eddy, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, could I have your autograph? <laughs> Here we are, sitting beside Red Skelton, who is a huge, internationally known star. Right. I absolutely. Mean, and they didn't absolutely. even recognize him. No, they didn't recognize who he was. They they recognized me, the local guy. You know? Right, right. But yeah. I said, I don't think you want my, you might want this gentleman's autograph. Mm-hmm. Yes, really. I said, this is Red Skelton. So wow. it was really 
<laughs> really an eye opener for those people. <laughs> wow, those are the funny moments oh, that you God, look back at. You, that's that's that great. Funny. Really funny. Never, but wow. some of the other ones: uh, Skitch Henderson, uh, Ann Landers, Frankie Lane, Gary Player, Stan Musial, Ernie Banks, Hal Newhauser, Willie Horton. Of course, these are all sports people. Well, Stan Musial had the old the series that was the baseball series that was always held out at the oh, uh, yeah. Bailey Park, and then Ann Landers uh, had the column, right? She was the one that yes. was always yep. in the column. Okay. Yep. But, uh, I mean, so many, uh, Nick, of course, other sports people, Nick Saban, right. uh, George Perlis, uh, Ernie Harwell was always, a, he was oh. such a neat guy to interview. Yeah, I bet he, he was. He'd, he'd, he'd come in and he says, oh, he says, my favorite morning mayor. Hi, Dave, how are you? You know, it's just, <laughs> he was just, yeah. just like an old shoe, you know, so comfortable and easy yeah. to talk to. Um Captain Kangaroo. Wow. I mean, I mean the list. Yeah. Johnny Cash. Wow. Uh, just it goes on and on. I've got quite a, I've got quite a picture collection down in my rec room of a lot of these people. Wow. So uh, I've showed. I'll have to show you the gallery sometime, Michael. Yeah, yeah I'll have to. I'll take a look at. It. So they were a lot of these people were either on a tour or something, and they stopped right. by the radio station, and they just get you in. Yeah. Nice. Or, or that, or I interviewed, or, or I emceed their program mm -hmm. at the arena or whatever. Wow. <clears throat> so so I, I really got to know an awful lot of people um, and did so many different things, uh, flying with the Red Baron. I mean, what a career. I mean, I emceed a lot of the Michigan State uh, University club outings, mm -hmm. uh, Festival of Lights, emceed that. Uh, uh, Burnham Brook opening. Uh, I sold more fruitcakes for the Humane Society than you can ever imagine <laughs> because I hate it and I still hate fruitcakes. Right. And so that we made a big thing out of this. You know, every year mm -hmm. they had this fruitcake sale. And I said, I don't know who in the world would ever want to buy a fruitcake, you know. And, and that just, it just sold all kinds of fruitcakes yeah. for them. They probably stuck your picture on it. Dave Eddie's hates this fruitcake. You know, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they did. Nice. Um, nice. Just a ton of memories. A ton yeah. of memories. It so you also, you also were there for the, for the beginnings of the Battle Creek, the brass band of Battle Creek. Yes, I mean, very early on. Very yep. early on when they did their Always first did. concert and they had UMC yep, it or something like that. Yeah, when they first first started, the wow. Gray brothers needed mm -hmm. some publicity for I think it was an event maybe at maybe at Lakeview High School or something or others where they first started that thing. I interviewed them last year and those two are hilarious. I could have just turned oh, the microphone yeah. off and just let them banter. They were they were just you know uh, they had their um, their director on with us and the two of us were just sitting there looking at each other laughing. <laughs> Because they were just they were just hilarious. They're uh, and they're a couple of doctors. I mean, podiatrists or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're podiatrists. And they're just, both both of them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they're just they're brothers, and they're just they know each other's wit and humor, and it's just uh, it could be a comedy show unto themselves. They're just great people. I've, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. On the air with those guys over the yeah. years, I'll tell you. A lot of fun. Yep. I have to get them back on again. So we have been working on this program called Tales of Christmas Past. It was a, a tremendous success last year. I think, you know, we, we took it out of the starting gates and had a, a good old time with this 
bringing kind of the Victorian Christmas theme storytelling hour to people last year. Um, what what do you think stands out to your experience last year that was most memorable to you? That you know, in, in being involved in the uh, cast last year, Dave. My gosh, I I I really enjoyed being a part of it. Thank mm-hmm. you, Michael, for yeah. for inviting me back. Um, I think it was the probably the joy of people enjoying those stories. Yeah, those those people in the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean these 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 are stories that you wouldn't normally hear or read about. Mm-hmm. They're they're tales from out of the past, from at least a hundred years old. Yeah, and I it, it just it it captures captures your imagination i think mm-hmm. as you listen to these stories and and think back i think back when when i'm reading about these you know these are stories that my great grandparents grandparents yeah. great great grandparents were hearing were listening right. to were living mm-hmm. and and i'm a kind of a sentimental guy anyway and I, it just it was very special to share those thoughts with the audience, yeah. and I think the audience really appreciated it too. I was surprised, you know. You know, you practice and you practice and you you put all these things together, and then you actually deliver the performance. And the spots that we were as a cast were so used to reading would get such a hilarious reaction from the audience, <laughs> yeah. and we we were taken aback. We had to learn to work on our timing to just let them enjoy the moment because there was. So many things that we learned as we went on that uh, that were funny, you know, but we were so used to drilling and going through the material that we'd lost the funny of it. You know, we didn't realize how funny it sounded to the other side of uh, hearing it. And that was special. It was special because it felt like we were bringing the joy of Christmas into the hearts of the audience uh, by the end of the and, show. You know, and, and they wouldn't get that anywhere else. No. I yeah. mean, this this was something special. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to. You know, I did a little research. You know, you you have supplied us, Michael. You do a wonderful job in your research and so on. And yeah, I was I was looking for some suggestions, some stories, some ads from over a hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I just I looked in various places. You know, uh-huh. old newspapers and so on. I I just <laughs> I, <laughs> I found <laughs> I found several suggestions okay. <laughs> that were listed in the paper right. for, for Christmas presents. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I read just some want to share a couple of them. Let's these, do it. These, Let's uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> these, were, were, you, you won't hear about these you know, on our mm-hmm. program, but I, I just wanted to look up and see. It kind of gets your juices flowing, you know, sure. when you get into something like yeah. this. And, uh, suggestions for Christmas presents from, from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. How about a nice book of postage stamps, <laughs> or <laughs> or a bottle of ketchup? Ooh, <laughs> just right out of the starting <laughs> gate, man. <laughs> of course, this one. Yeah, this this is very. Well, this would be all right. It's a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, a newfangled toothbrush. Well, some selected pen points. Yep. Now, some folks probably wouldn't realize what pen points are, but um, they were a thing that were big back back in those days. 
Mm-hmm. Or how about, Michael, how would you like to get some cigar coupons? There you go. Yeah. Another suggestion. You know, there was or over a, a there was over a dozen <laughs> cigar companies in Battle Creek at one point. Oh, right in Battle Creek, right? Yeah, yeah. A box of matches. <laughs> um, these this those were suggestions from a White Plains, New York newspaper of mm-hmm. Wednesday, November twenty first, nineteen twenty three. Wow. which was a, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, another suggestion that came from the Westchester Lighting Company, 1923 as well, get her a new enameled gas range for the mm-hmm. holidays. Yep. Mm-hmm. Order it now, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the ads you never get away with today, as you well know. Yeah. Palm olive soap, most men ask, is she pretty? Not is she clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one, this one, I, I, I'll give you one more here. But yeah. these were cocaine toothache drops. There you go. Yep. Yep. That'll make you your holiday merry. Cure. Instantaneous <laughs> cure. Yeah. The price is fifteen cents. <laughs> yeah. And they're prepared by the Lloyd Manufacturing Company of. Albany, New York, wow. for sale by all druggists. Wow. Registered 1885. Wow. And and some of the cigarette commercials that so you never you know you don't see these anymore either. Mm-hmm. But um, blow in her face and she will follow you anywhere. <laughs> Hit her with tangy tipolette cherry or rich grape tripolette burgundy. Or luscious triplet blueberry. It's wild. Smokers of America, do yourself a flavor. Make your next cigarette a triplet. About five for twenty-five cents. Wow, <laughs> smoking was big. <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah, how times have changed. Maybe that'll whet your appetite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just blow smoke in her face. That'll. Yeah, blow that'll... blow smoke. Then here's a local one. If you want one more. Okay. Go for this it. One, this one, uh, the harder a wife works, the cuter she looks. Yeah. Gosh, honey, you seem to thrive on cooking, cleaning, and dusting. And I'm all tuckered out by closing time. What's the answer? Vitamins, darling. I always get my vitamins. Kellogg's, pep. Vitamins for pep. Pep for vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it is hilarious. And in this year's Tales of Christmas Past, we have an entire segment of the show yeah. that is dedicated to us reading some vintage advertising to make it right fun and entertaining. And that's really that's, looking forward to it. That's going to be the hardest part, I think, of the show for us to go through because we're going to have to really get practice so we don't laugh because some of those ads I, I can't, are. I can't promise that. <laughs> I it can't is, promise that, It's going to be a challenge. I think that's going to be the most challenging of the show this year. Oh, gosh. Um, but, folks, you can get tickets to the show. Um, you can go to the the museum website and find the link from there. It's uh, bcrhm.org. Very simple website to find. Um, and then there's online tickets available. There's print tickets available at the museum. They'll, they're not open this weekend on Thanksgiving weekend, but they'll be open next weekend. And you can also, through the week, pick them up at the Art Center of Battle Creek. But I will include the link where you can buy the tickets directly online in the show note 
descriptions of this episode. So what are you looking most forward to besides the vintage ads this year in the show, Dave? What what could, could you maybe tell somebody about? A lot of good stories we picked out. There are a lot of good stories, some very, very nice stories. Uh, I particularly like the addition of the ads mm-hmm. because ads have been a part of my life, you know, for a long time now. Of course, yeah. Uh, radio ads, TV, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But I, I really, I'm, I'm really a people person. Yeah. I love to just talk to people, and and uh, you know, I just, I like, I just like. I like I'm sociable. I just like yeah. to talk to people. Well, this and, year we uh, also have an intermission in the program. That was something people yeah. requested last year, well, so we've broken sure it down. Yeah, so we'll do some handshaking, and we're going to have the cast probably sign the posters before the show, so people can pick those up and make a little donation to the museum in doing oh, so. Oh, sure. Well, um, that's you know that's yeah. one one of the reasons we exist is to keep that museum going. So exactly, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and you do. A, Tremendous amount of work for them, Michael. And yeah, it's been a been a fun year. This is the last big show of the year for the museum, and uh, we'll be planning out next year pretty soon. Here, we're already starting to put some of those things together for the next year program. We, but, uh, my wife and I very much enjoyed uh, going to a couple of the Betty Hutton uh, film festival yeah. shows. Yeah, I want to build uh, on that next year and find a. You know, way to maybe expand that and make it a little bit more different. Uh, try to build a culture with Betty Hutton because I think she's a legacy that we uh, we're missing Ooh. out on taking advantage of preserving for Battle Creek's history. You know, um, we done Very we did true. a lot with Del Shannon last year, and we're going to keep repeating that with the Del Shannon weekend. But and people who have not seen the um, the room, the media room. What mm-hmm. what's the official title of the room? Uh, with History the Education all- Center. Yep. History, History Education Center. Yep. Folks who have not seen that, and people that are local, really should take a look. Mm-hmm. If nothing more, go to the museum and take a look at that room, because right. there are huge pictures of these local people who right. have made an impact on Battle Creek and the world, for heaven's sakes. Exactly. Yep. And that's uh, where the Tales of Christmas Past show is going to be, so they can yeah. uh, take Looking it in and enjoy it. it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on, Dave. It is um, just wonderful. Any last-minute uh, suggestions for everybody to have a good holiday season as they get out there and hustle and bustle and shopping this year? Well, just take time to enjoy who you're with, you know, yeah. family. So it is, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in, in the activities that are taking place around us, our shopping and all the other things that... Yeah. Take time out to go to little programs like this and uh, uh-huh. at, the, at the museum and enjoy enjoy people because they won't be there forever. Yeah, and I would say probably spend less time on the screen, looking at your phone, and uh, yeah, and get out there and just spend time with people. You know, uh, that's because right. that's really where it's all about, and that's that's I think Very why I, I try to I have to force myself sometimes. You know, get out there and even just to go to a restaurant or something, even though yeah, I could cook at home or whatever, but. Um, you know, just get out there and socialize with people. You, you feel so much better when you get done with that, you know, and that's very true. That's what very I, true. That's what the holidays well, are all about. I appreciate being invited, people. Michael. Yep. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. And I've been speaking with Dave Eddy. He is the former morning mayor. Well, he'll always be the morning mayor of WBCK. <laughs> but uh, having a good time here talking about some of the history of his experiences with WBCK radio over the years, as well as our upcoming program together on December 16th, which is a Saturday of Tales of Christmas Past. Definitely get yourself some tickets and come out and see me and Dave and the rest of the cast on this wonderful show. The rest of the cast includes Donna Rickman, Bobby Mathis, and Brian and Jill McComb. So a lot of fun people, very talented and very entertaining. And once again, I will put the link to where you can get tickets in the show note descriptions. And as always, you can always reach out to me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners And I very much look forward to seeing the emails that you guys send me sometimes and suggestions or feedback on different shows. And if you would take some time to leave a rating or review on whatever app that you are listening on, especially if you enjoyed today's interview with Dave Eddy, that would be greatly appreciated for other people to find out about this wonderful Tales of Southwest Michigan's past program. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday, thank you for listening. And I'll leave you with a little holiday music from one of my favorite artists, Cody Martin. Have a safe holiday weekend out there.